0: Brent, Angela, as you both know, I have a son. Mm. He's three, and he's just starting to learn how to use technology. But he's picking it up, like, really quickly. Have you noticed that, how young people today can pick things up really quickly?
1: He's three, so is he picking them up and throwing them back down? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew what you meant.
0: <laughs> he's not quite that destructive with the tech yet. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: But yes, today's children are really just born with technology in their palms, and Mm -hmm. they know how to work it and use it almost without having to be shown how to use said technology. They just, it's in their blood, I think.
0: Yeah. For today's episode, I spoke to a lot of teachers who teach tech to young people. I met them through Red Hat Academy. That's a program that helps teachers teach IT to students across the country. And they brought up something that was very interesting to me. Their students often know how to use technology, but they don't always really understand how it works. Oh. Now, I was lucky to have both parents working in the tech industry, and my parents taught me a lot about tech in general.
1: Your parents have a really interesting background, don't they?
0: Yeah, they both worked in the video games industry for quite a long time. Mm. So you
2: had the cool parents, is what you're saying. (laughs) I did, I did.
0: Party at Johan's house. (laughs) Uh, We had many a LAN party in high school. It was fun. (laughs) Nice. My dad and I, he would teach me how to run Ethernet cables through the walls Mm. so that multiple rooms would have Internet access. And now it's something that I do when I move into a new place. Is that something you want for your son as well? Absolutely. It taught me the basics of networking, which I think is pretty important for someone running their own home network. But it also instilled the curiosity and desire to do things myself. So there's a tech angle and then there's just like a general life skills angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that got me wondering in, in my conversations with teachers when kids are learning about tech in school, what do kids learn when they learn about tech? This is Compiler, an original podcast
1: from Red Hat.
2: We're your hosts.
1: I'm Brent Simino
2: And I'm Angela Andrews.
1: We're here to break down questions from the tech industry. Big, small, and sometimes strange.
2: Each episode, we go out in search of answers from Red Hatters and people they're connected to.
1: Today's question What do kids learn when they learn about tech?
2: Producer Johan Philippine is here to help us out.
0: I wanted to get a broad overview of what students are learning in classes. So first I spoke with a middle school teacher. Now, these students are still pretty young. Sometimes they're not even old enough to legally sign the terms and conditions of use for the software they (laughs) might want to use, but they still need to learn the technology and they still need to learn what's going on in the world around them. So Alan Spector, the teacher I spoke with, clued us in on what these teens and preteens are looking for in the world of tech.
3: I think students sign up for my technology classes I think some students are interested And becoming more technically sophisticated, they really like technology. For some students, it's intellectual nourishment. They really enjoy problem-solving. And for other students, it's escapism. It's a way for them to be in a different world and do something different than regular classes. I think a lot of students are hoping to get real-world skills.
0: Now, that last part was pretty surprising to me. You know, I was expecting some of those answers, but not the real world skills part. Huh. I expected that to come much later than for students in middle school. In middle school, I personally I was learning maybe the very basics of programming, but it was to do, you know, silly stuff. Yeah,
1: I was playing the Oregon Trail. That was about all I was uh-huh. doing yeah. <laughs> on the computer. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm dating myself and I don't even know if I used a computer in middle school. So Hmm. there's that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, but what about technology more generally? Was that a thing that you were interested in at that time?
2: I guess to some extent. I mean, you know, folks were starting to have computers in their homes and it just became a little bit more prevalent. I'm sure we had a computer class. Like, (laughs) we actually had a class where we worked on computers. I'm sure we did. It's just that I just don't remember it in middle school. (laughs) Um, um, But it was becoming very popular and prevalent at the time. So with that, You were curious about, well, how does it work? Well, how do you use it? Well, what can you do with it? Yeah. Yes, the game part is totally awesome. But yeah, it was just one of those things that a lot of folks were really curious about in middle school.
1: Yeah, we always had a computer, like a personal computer in our household. Like my mother was pretty computer savvy. You know, she taught me how to type. She taught me how to do, like, DOS commands and play, like, (laughs) games on the computer and stuff. And I think that's where, like, a lot of my interest in technology started.
0: Real-world skills are part of what the students want to get out of Alan's technology classes. But that's not all that they're getting, especially since a lot of them aren't very familiar with computers. Wait, that surprises me, Johan. How
1: so? I just think of technology as being so ubiquitous now. I think I just, Hmm. for whatever reason, think about kids being really just tech savvy.
0: Well, it's one thing to be exposed to the technology and being able to pick it up very quickly when you have access to it. Mm. But Alan is a teacher for a Title I school. These are schools that receive additional federal funding based on need. And so a lot of these students haven't had the same access to technology, you know, maybe that I had when I grew up. And another interesting point that came up in my conversations is that the world of technology has changed quite a bit. You know, some students have never interacted with a keyboard and a mouse before mm. because desktops became really popular for a while. And then as tablets and Chromebooks and these cheaper options and, and you know smartphones came around. Parents weren't buying desktops at home anymore. So the, the whole mouse and keyboard is kind of being phased out of a lot of homes. And so Alan is, is more interested in teaching his students to be comfortable with technology.
3: It's more about teaching them to be more technically sophisticated. The more technically sophisticated they are, the easier it will be for them to intuit what to do next. For me, it's like a journey and I just want to help them become more technically sophisticated. So as they grow and as technology changes, they're not afraid and they're able to have perhaps a head start in life.
0: It's about getting these students familiar with the tools and processes of technology so that they can focus on the actual work that they want to do rather than, you know, having to struggle with the tools with which they want to actually build something.
1: In some ways, it's more about like learning how to learn something Mm -hmm. than it is like just learning X, Y, and Z skills. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Alan, these tech skills, which he teaches in his computer classes, he also teaches them in his quote-unquote regular classes, right? He's also an English teacher and he's teaching his English students how to use, say, Google Slides to make their presentations on books and stuff like that. Man after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too.
3: I think what they're gaining is superior problem solving skills and they're learning to like take a problem apart and be able to put it back together they're also learning how to follow directions take notes and they're also learning the satisfaction of hey if i can't solve a problem right away and that might take me more than a day when i do solve it the exuberance you feel when you figure something out
0: Again, Alan really emphasizes getting his students to know enough about the tools to be brave enough to try things that succeed or fail. And that's very useful in working with the at times temperamental world of technology, but it's also useful in the oftentimes temperamental world at large. Mm. And it helps the students become creators at a very young age.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting distinction because I think so much of the time we are or we can be consumers of technology
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than creators of technology or producers of technology. Mm-hmm. And that is that kind of digital literacy or, or technological literacy. I don't, I don't know what to call it, but there's something there and there's something very important and powerful about that as well.
2: Mm-hmm. The fact that he's introducing these tools to his students at such a young age and Giving them the runway to learn and do and create and fail and try again, that's technology in a nutshell. As they get older, they're going to realize, yeah, maybe the tool changed, but the skills that we've learned and and that we've amassed, they're going to carry us through and they're going to continue to change and we're going to continue to change right along with them.
0: Yeah. So we started with middle schoolers, right? Yeah. Preteens and and early teen years. They're kind of just getting into the world of IT. My next guest, he's a high school teacher. Okay. In high school, the students, they're kind of in the throes of figuring out who they are and what they might want to do with their lives. Very early stages of that. And I feel like I'm still on that stage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We go through cycles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for high school, Mark Smith is there to welcome his students with open arms to the large world of IT. And he shared with us what motivates his students to join his classes. You have
4: some that sign up because they like IT and they know they want to work there. You have some because their parents know that they want them to work in IT. You have some that they like to game and computers are good for gaming, right? I think you have a A range of reasons why they sign up
0: you know it's still fairly similar to the motivations that alan shared for middle school students but it seems like there's a little bit more direction to their desires right i mean some of them are much more kind of career focused at this point if not necessarily saying that they know exactly what they want to do with their lives they're thinking like oh this would be maybe a cool thing for me to learn long term
1: right yeah or maybe, maybe their parents want them to work in IT. Yeah. <laughs> I also imagine like whether that's what your parents do or not, you know, like working in IT can be a really good job. So I can imagine either your parents, no matter who they are, what they do, pushing you in that direction or you yourself mm-hmm. knowing <laughs> as a high schooler that that's a great career to have.
2: Exactly. Yeah there are good salaries to be had in it and tech and Mm -hmm. as a parent you know i will admit i tried very hard to get both of my kids interested in technology in one way or another yeah you know i understand that as a parent you want your kids to learn those skills because you know it'll bode well for them when they get out into the job market but you have to do what you love
0: yep I think part of all that is that a lot of the focus, at least in the wider world, of talking about teaching technology to young people, is that it centers around teaching them programming specifically. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And
2: that's not it. That's not all of it.
0: Right. It's only part of Mark's curriculum, but it's still a really big part of it. Most of the students don't
4: program. Yes, I want to program. So is the most important thing I teach them? Yes but here's why i think one it's really good to understand programming for just organizational structural patterns things like this i think that's important i also think it's important because some people go i do like this and and this is more what i want to experiment with and some go i don't like this i would not want to do this all day long and for them to go okay there's a whole other world out there in IT. There's, It's not just programming. And even the Goldilocks of going, well, I like programming, but maybe not all of it, they're scripting. So there's a middle ground as well that you might <laughs> yeah. enjoy that you can dabble in, you know, the programming mindset without having to do that full time. Oh, that's such an important point
1: because, like, I think part of being young, part of being in high school is, like, trying a lot of things out and seeing if it is something that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think what he's saying there is that the world of technology is really big. And if you only focus on programming, you're going to miss out on trying things that are also out there.
0: Yeah. Some of these students, you know, they have some direction about where they want to go and what they want to do. And for some of them, it's programming. But for the others, it ends up not being programming.
4: I want to expose them to as much breadth and giving them depth to understand how large IT is. So again, we focus on Python and programming concepts in general and how those all connect. We focus on hardware, which is, I think, you know, quite huge they build computers in the second class and they build it from kind of scratch and, and it's not like they're soldering boards but i mean they're they're putting all the pieces together building modern computers yeah that are specialized for specialized sources they're learning basic networking they're learning how to go into their own home routers and change settings and learn to change channels and what all that stuff means and quality of service they're looking at what is the operating system and going more in depth in the second class it's more about windows but they also experiment with linux and they also experiment with mac os they look at what that does they look at how to fix a lot of common problems
0: that's great
4: that's
1: cool right isn't that really cool like mm-hmm. i'm kind of jealous <laughs> to be honest <laughs> like i'm
0: i'm kind of jealous yeah like why why didn't i have this in high school right he tells me that even these days when he talks to a lot of parents of his students one of the biggest questions he gets is, hey, can I learn this too? Can I, can I take this class? He's a big advocate for adult schools picking up these topics because they're really, really, really useful. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know what your high schools were
1: like, but I felt like there was a lot of, like, for me, like, sitting at a desk and listening and learning and taking a test. And it sounds like what he's doing is much more active they're like building things. They are doing things.
2: hmm They're creating. They're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to go to a, I don't even know what they call it, but we had shops and we would pick yeah. a shop and there were different majors and we had the opportunity to pick what we wanted to do. So they had technology. They had healthcare. I'm going off on a tangent here, but this is literally what my high school did. Like you yeah. could be a plumber. You could be a machinist. Oh, we did not have that. <laughs> You can go through and you can test the water and see what you wanted to do. Yeah. Tenth grade, you'd pick. And that would be your major for three years. Huh. And, you know, people were actually certified barbers and beauticians. They actually got a license from the state and started their careers, you know, 17 and 18 years old. Wow.
0: Now, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because part of what Mark tries to have his students get by the end of his classes are certifications in in IT. Mm -hmm.
1: That's like very practical.
0: He puts a lot of emphasis on balancing the lecturing aspects that you were talking about earlier, Brent, but also doing a lot of the hands-on stuff because some of it is just the best way to teach. Again, just like Alan was teaching in middle school, find out what doesn't work, right? Try something, fail, figure out why it fails, try again until eventually you've got your project put together and something that works.
1: What do we think is like the value of what Mark and what Alan are doing with their students versus learning all this from a YouTuber, for example?
2: Well, they have context. They have curriculum around it. They have someone who's kind of lighting their path, right? And feeding their curiosity. So to have that, to have an instructor there in front of you, teaching you the thing, but also teaching you how to problem solve and figure things out, teach a man to fish type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what we don't get in the YouTube era. Like, I agree with you. Can you learn just about anything through YouTube or some sort of online platform? There's a lot of that, but there's something special in having that live interaction and that live instruction and having those questions answered and asking more questions when people say something and they generate more thoughts and and more interest.
1: That community around you.
2: The community around you is kind of what gives you that extra oomph. You know, YouTube is great, but being in these classrooms, getting this content is really almost priceless at this age.
0: So we spoke to Alan about middle schoolers and getting kind of an introduction to using technology and being comfortable with it. As the students got a little older, we spoke to Mark about, you know, getting maybe a little bit more direction in their life, starting to get some of those tech skills and kind of figuring out what they want to do or at least start to think about what they want to do with the rest of their lives. I then spoke to Benjamin Branch, He is an assistant professor at Shaw University. We've graduated high school and we're on to college now. We're on to college. (laughs) So by that time, you know, the students who are able to and choose to go to college, they probably have some idea of the general field they want to pursue.
5: That's what Benjamin Branch sees from his students. I believe that students sign up for my classes such that they can be exposed to industry level material and so that they can get an advantage when they are trying to move from academia to industry, such that they can begin to speak the language of industry and become literate about things that make them valuable to a company in industry. So
0: already, that's a very big change from what we heard from Mark and Alan, right? Yeah. While in middle school and high school, they're building a foundation of IT skills These college students sound very focused on career skills. Seems like it's also like a matter of
1: speaking the language as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like speaking the language of industry is I think what he said.
5: Yeah. I try to break it down at a high non-technical level and then gently bleed down into some of the technical skills that you're going to be able to need. And we don't have time to get down into the depths of every skill, especially in the classes with the freshmen and sophomores. But in the more advanced classes, we do try to get, like for a senior and they want to graduate and get a job. I say, guys, we we have to go very, very fast. We don't have much time. And I think I try to help them be realistic, but sometimes to take on a new skill You know, that sometimes that's like 10,000 hours of practice and study. And we at least try to identify a roadmap that they can get to their desired skill level to try to make the desired level of compensation that they want to make. But that is one thing that I do is try to give them a road because without a roadmap, you can't make steps to go where you want to go.
0: So Benjamin's teaching his students technical, useful skills, but he doesn't necessarily have all the time that he or the students would like to learn them in as much depth as they're going to need in industry. So he teaches them to then go out and keep learning them on their own. And, you know, that's huge.
2: That is huge.
1: I can tell you that from experience to like a semester feels like a long time Uh (laughs) when you're a student because it's, you know, four or five months or whatever. But like, it's really not a lot of time. It's Uh really not a lot of time. There's Uh only so much you can do.
2: Yeah, this is really important because he's teaching on the collegiate level. And Uh at some point, these students will be out in the world and him helping them develop a roadmap as to where they think their career is going to be. That's really helpful because, again, they're college students. They're not out in the industry yet. They may not know what it takes necessarily to get from where they are now to where they'd like to be in their careers. And it's nice that he's giving them, because there's always multiple roads to get to where you want to go. But at least if you have that roadmap, it kind of helps you chart your own course and figure out how to get to where you want to be. So yeah. that's really what college is all about, though, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's like that career roadmap, and then there's also that like skills roadmap as well.
2: I mean, you go to college fully prepared to learn your career, to find a career, to figure out a career. But there's other things that come along with that. You know, they're teaching you the ability to research, the ability to problem solve and troubleshoot. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and what's really interesting is that all these teachers are teaching these life skills, right? And they're not necessarily doing it overtly, but that's what these students are picking up when they learn all these other things as well. He's really teaching his students to plan ahead and and dive deeper on the topics that they're interested on their own.
5: Instead of me trying to tell them, instead of me trying to give them a fish, I'm trying to teach them how to fish. So I have them read the literature, a lot of the news press clippings. I try to help. I don't try to paint the picture, but hopefully from the reading, they can begin to paint the picture themselves. When it comes to
0: the news and the press clippings, that's a little bit more about Giving them a sense of what the tech industry is
5: like in the real world. I think there's always going to be a situations where you don't know anything, but you should, you know, have the skills to go and search the web and find it. And I think it's called Google foo or something like that that I've heard that people use to where where they, you know, they're on the job and they have, you know, so what? This comes up. I've never seen it before. They go figure it out. And I think there's never enough of those scenarios that you can do. (laughs) I think that is something that we need to do a better job of doing, but you know, it takes time because I think we have to get students not afraid to go and try new things and get into new problems and maybe do some shadowing of real people who see this thing every day such that they're not afraid and don't have a fear.
0: So by this point, I hope that sounded very familiar. Yeah these are
2: life skills that Alan, Mark, and Benjamin are teaching their students. We have to use these skills every day in our careers. So, you know, they're literally teaching students. They're wrapped in tech. But these are life skills to figure out how to be curious and, you know, not be afraid. This is interesting. Like, we have so much in common with middle schoolers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Johan... Let's go back to our original question. Sure. What do kids learn when they learn about tech?
0: Well, you know, there's the obvious answer, which is that they learn the technical skills to be able to use a computer or the, the technology that you're using every day. But then there's exactly what Angela was just talking about, which is as they're learning these technical skills, they're also learning life skills. Technology doesn't really live in isolation. Right. Yeah. It's all around us. It's part of the world that we live in. You know, it's, it's something that's going to change and be a part of their lives kind of forever. Barring the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that. So listeners, we would love for you to share your thoughts with us about this episode. What are your kids learning in school? You know, how are you introducing tech to your kids? We want to hear about it all. Tweet us at Red Hat and also use the hashtag Compiler Podcast. We can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. And that does it for this episode of Compiler.
1: Today's episode was produced by Johan Philippine and Caroline Craighead. Victoria Lawton is always encouraging us to learn new things.
2: Our audio engineer is Christy Chan. Special thanks to Sean Cole. Our theme song was composed by Mary Anchetta. Chetta.
1: A special thanks to our guests, Alan Spector, Mark Smith, and Benjamin Branch. And also, we want to say thanks to Leah Zagoran and Jeff Dubay from Red Hat Academy.
2: Our audio team includes Lee Day, Laura Barnes, Claire Allison, Nick Burns, Aaron Williamson, Karen King, Boo Boo House, Rachel Urtel, Mike Compton, Ocean Matthews, and Laura Walters.
1: If you like today's episode, please follow the show, rate the show, leave us a review. You can do that now on Spotify. <laughs> Share it with someone you know. It really does help the show.
2: Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Keep listening and we'll see you soon.
1: See you next time.